0: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real, in a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, uh, where we we trying to become the best versions of ourselves as we can, as we continue to serve our Lord. Uh, today is a request podcast, um, so before we get into that, let's give our introductions here and our, and our shout-outs. Uh, we are in Minnesota now, so if you're listening from that area, we are so grateful. So we have uh, listeners from Cambridge, from Prior Lake, from Lakesville, and from Minneapolis. So thank you guys so much from listening in the in the Minnesota area, also from Hawaii. So anybody in Hawaii, I know I have a couple a uh, couple of friends from school there. So we're we're grateful that you guys are listening there in Hawaii, especially from Honolulu, and then also from uh, Connecticut. Uh, there's places such as Stanford, Hartford, and Southbury, uh, Connecticut. So if you're listening from those areas, we are so grateful. Um, that you guys are sharing along in this journey with us and growing with us and we hope that uh, we can continue to share and to uh, and to grow uh, together in our faith all right so let's get into our podcast for the day Uh, like I said before this is a request one from a friend of mine from uh, from camp Uh, we grew up together going to camp together Samantha uh, so grateful for her and her example for the the young ladies there uh, and her family Uh, and so she asked to do a topic on how to survive a tsunami dealing with challenges that keep on coming, how to survive a tsunami dealing with challenges that keep on coming that's a very good topic and I'm so glad she uh she mentioned that and this was this was kind of a tough one to do uh, because there's a lot of self-examination going on and so I hope that we can we can learn uh from this from this request topic so let's let's get into what we're talking about today so have you ever felt? uh kind of like the same thing just keeps happening in your life just it's it's kind of like it's kind of like the same story just keeps happening maybe with different events maybe with different characters but it's this whatever's happening in your life uh it's kind of like the story of your life right it just keeps happening uh and it kind of feels like it's the same old movie over and over and over again and no matter what happens the challenges for you keep on coming. And sometimes they're the same ones. And so when we think about dealing with challenges that keep on coming, the thing about that is a lot of times when we talk about challenges, especially personal ones, we can get into this mode and we can get into this mindset that uh, we'll focus so much on the challenge and we'll focus so much on what's going wrong and so what we'll do is we'll just talk about what's going wrong over and over and over without having any solutions. So this is what I want to this is how I want to approach this and and Samantha I hope that this helps. This is how I want to approach this topic. I don't necessarily want to talk about the challenges as much. What I want to do is I want to spend some time looking at those challenges but also self-examining ourselves and seeing what Number one, seeing what we've done to, uh, to implement those challenges in our lives, but also to see, are we the problem? Is it our fault? Because sometimes we like to point the finger, right? We like to think and we, we think it's everything else. We think it's the circumstance. We like to point the finger rather than looking at ourselves. And so I want to kind of take the podcast that way. And I hope by, by looking at it introspectively, I think this will be able to help us on a personal level to get over these challenges. Right. Because sometimes we never look at what we've done to bring those problems into our lives. We see the problem there and then we blame everything and everyone else for the problem rather than, OK, what is what's my reaction to the problem? Am I just staying here? Am I coming up with solution? Right. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. So that's how I want to take this. So let's look at our first thing here. So maybe challenges keep coming in our lives because maybe we just don't want to grow. Maybe the same stuff and more and more challenges that just keep coming. Maybe they keep coming because we don't want to grow and grow past them. You ever thought about that before? You know, the the Bible mentions that we are to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord. That's what Peter wrote, to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so here's what we're going to do when we talk about growing. These are two things that we're going to say when we don't want to grow. These are the top two things that we're going to say when we don't want to grow. Number one, we're going to spend all day complaining about what's not working for us, but we never take the time to give the Lord a try. So you're either in boat number one or you're either in boat number two. And this is, this is the most popular boat, especially among Christian people. Number two, you'll either say you want to grow with God and you want to do what God says, but you just say that verbally and you'll keep doing exactly what you're currently doing. So you'll say you want to grow. You'll say you want to do what God says. You say you want to get closer to him. Or then on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you're doing your own thing without God and then expect Sunday just to be enough. You're either in boat one, you're either on boat two, or you can be in both boats. You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, but expecting a different result. If that's the case, just just by application here, if that's the case, how many insane Christians do we have? Well, Jordan, I want to grow with God. I want to get closer to Him. I want to develop my relationship with Him. I I know the Lord wants me to grow. I know the Lord wants me to do better. But right, that's that that always comes. But I'm just I need to keep doing what I'm doing right now, but then I'll come, I'll come back to the Lord. I promise. You do the same thing, but you expect a different result. That's exactly what happens. Well, what's a what's a spiritual example here? Look at Luke chapter 9, if you will. Again, if you're new to the podcast, we love to open up our Bibles here and check what the text says. And it also gives you something to look at later. And so let's let's open up uh, Luke chapter 9. Uh, Luke 9. And I want to look at verses 59 through 62. And what Jesus talks about here, Jesus talks about the high cost of discipleship. Following after Christ, it's a high cost, right? It's not just verbally saying stuff. It's not just looking the part. It's a a high cost to follow after Christ. And so look look at what Christ says here. So if you look at verse number 59 of the text of Luke chapter 9, notice what our text says. And he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go bury the dead or go bury my father. Then verse 60, Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead and go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Then verse 61, and another said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at my home and at my house. Then Jesus said, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Verse 59 through 62 is a major, major, major problem in the church today. Major problem. Everybody that knows who Jesus is, everybody who knows who God is, everybody's going to say they want to follow him. Everybody will say that. But then notice, did you notice the common denominator in verses 59 through 62? Whoever was talking to Jesus said, I will follow thee. That's what everybody wants to do, right? Lord, I'll follow thee. Lord, I'll be there. I'll follow you. But then what's the three-letter word that comes right after that? But, well, I'll follow thee, but first, let me go do this. When, when, it, when we talk about following after Christ, Christ is first. There's no but first and then Christ. There's either you're going to follow him or you're going to forsake those other things. And I love the example he brings at the end. He says, no man having his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So let's use a practical example. You ever see somebody mowing the lawn or have you ever had to mow the lawn? So let's say a plow kind of does the same thing as a lawn does. You have to stay in front and you have to look at what's in front of you in order to cut the grass correctly. So if you hired me to cut your grass and I'm cutting the grass and all I'm doing the entire time I'm cutting your grass is looking the opposite direction of where the lawnmower is going. (laughs) How's your lawn going to look after it's done? It's going to look like a little kid drew on it. Right. That's what Jesus is saying here. He said, if you want to follow me, your eyes have to be on me. If you follow me and all you do is look back, well, I got to see what my family's doing. I got to see what my friends are doing. I got to see what this is doing. Your life is going to be just like that lawnmower. It's going to be everywhere. And so then we ask our questions. Well, it just seems like these challenges just keep coming in my life. It just seems like this is the story of my life. It just seems like I can't figure anything out. Maybe you're the problem. (laughs) Instead of blaming the challenges, where are your eyes at? Your eyes are in 15 trillion different places. But then your mind keeps saying, I want to follow God, though. I want to do it. I want to. I want to. You're you're no better than everyone in verse 59 through 62. And so let's make some practical examples here. So we'll say, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll follow you, but let me get my life together first. Or we'll say, Lord, I'll do what you want, but let me try this out first. Lord, I'll do what you want, but... But, but here's the question. When we talk about dealing with challenges that keep coming, what's holding you back from being a true disciple? Are those challenges holding you back? See, here's, here's our problem. It's our mindset, our mindset's off. So we think we have to have everything in our lives lined up and figured out in order to serve God fully. We kind of think it's, you know, like in college, you have a prereq class before you can get into another class. Sometimes we think that's what Christianity is. Well, the prereq is my life. So I got to have my life totally 100,000% straight before I can uh, figure out how to serve God. That's, That's backwards. You follow God and God helps you with your life. God has never asked you to figure it out. But why do you think you have to figure everything out? So that's why your mindset is so messed up and my mindset, because we think we got to figure everything out. And so then we see everything that happens in our life. This challenge is happening, this challenge. And then it seems like everything is all over us like a tsunami. What we need to do is we need to serve God and God will guide us along the way. Why do we think we have to figure things out? We, we don't. We need to let God help us to figure those things out. And we'll get into that later. But are these challenges in your life, are those the things that's holding you back from truly following Christ and being a disciple? Now, let me give a quick sidebar here before we move on. Some people think, you know, when when you talk about challenges that keep coming, you see guys like. You know, you see guys that are elders, you see guys that are preachers, you see guys that are deacons, and you hold them in high esteem, right? Sometimes we think that they don't deal with challenges because of their position. Oh, he's a preacher. He doesn't deal with challenges like I do. He's the elder. He doesn't deal with challenges like I do. Oh, he's a deacon. He doesn't deal with challenges. Challenges happen for everybody. They happen for everybody. They happen for me. They happen for other preachers. They happen for other deacons. They happen for other elders. So just because of my calling and what I'm doing doesn't mean that I don't deal with the things that you deal with. It's it's still hard for me, too. So I'm not exempt from challenges just because I'm a preacher. So it's, it's how you handle the challenge. Challenges come for everybody. But what's your mindset? Do you want to grow through those challenges? Or do you want to keep making the same excuses that you're making? See, the challenge for you feels like a tsunami and the challenges keep coming for you because your mindset is off. Just to be just to be honest, your mindset is off and my mindset is off. What we need to do is completely surrender and follow after Christ. So maybe challenges keep coming in our lives because we're the ones Not willing to grow past them. Then number two, what else um, can help us here? Number two, maybe. And this is a good. This is a big one here. Maybe challenges keep coming because I'm the problem. Maybe challenges keep coming because it's my fault. Because I'm the problem. This is this is a big one, and this is something that a lot of people don't like, or even don't want to admit. So think about it for a second. Whenever you think about a challenge in your life or multiple challenges in your life, and you got to be real, right? You got to be real when things don't go our way. And I'm in this boat too. When things don't go our way, what do we do? We try to find blame on something or someone else in order to feel relief. So when these situations and circumstances happen in our lives, we feel like, all right, I'm doing and, and we'll try to exonerate ourselves. So, all right, I'm doing the best I can right now. But this is the problem. He's the problem. She's the problem. They're the problem. Da We'll go on and on and on. And we'll have to find somebody to blame in order to make ourselves feel better. Maybe these challenges in our lives keep coming because maybe I'm not mature enough and maybe you're not mature enough to admit that you're the problem or that I'm the problem. You see, immaturity puts the blame. Maturity, you're mature enough to admit that you had a part to play in it. Look at this. Look at Psalm uh, chapter 51. This is a great text to learn from, especially with this topic of I'm the problem. Psalm chapter 51. And if you don't know the account of David, go back and study that, especially in in first and second Samuel. David at this time, you know, David became king. And David one night saw uh, a woman bathing herself and he asked his servants to go fetch her. And what he did is he had a child uh, with that woman Bathsheba. But then he realized that Bathsheba was married, and Uriah, her husband, was off to battle. And so when the the, the troops came back, what David did was David tried to get Uriah, Uriah drunk. But then Uriah said, I'm not going to do this. My, I'm not going to do that to my, to my soldiers. And so what he told uh, his captain was, I want you to put Uriah in the heat of the battle. And his captain did that, and Uriah died. And so on and on, David had all these problems because of his lust, because of what he was going through. And so notice what David said here in Psalm 51. He's pleading forgiveness for everything that he did. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Look how personal David made that. Wash me thoroughly. For my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin for I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before thee against thee and thee only have I sinned and I have done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest you see how many personal pronouns David used David said my I, mine, he said, it's my fault. But notice David could have totally switched the whole situation, couldn't he? And this is something that most of us would do. So put yourself in David's situation. You did all that evil, right? And so now Nathan, the prophet came to you and said, you're the problem. You're the one that did this. And now guess what we would say? Well, if Bathsheba would have been dressed right, I wouldn't have sinned putting the blame on somebody else. Well, my servants when I told when I told them to go get her for me, they should have been good servants and they should have stopped me when I told them to go fetch her for me. So it's it's the servants fault. Or Bathsheba, she should have been more faithful to her husband Uriah. So she she should have made the right choice because if she would have made the right choice, then it might have saved me from this punishment that I got to deal with. You see how easily it is to blame everybody else for what you did? It's easy to blame everybody else. Well, if they wouldn't have, if, if if he wouldn't have, if she wouldn't have, then I wouldn't have. <laughs> Come on. Why wouldn't you just going to keep playing this game? Maybe challenges keep coming because you're not mature enough to admit you're the issue or I'm the issue. So let's put this in 21st century terms here for application. You see, we do the same thing too. So think about this concept. I'm going I'm to give two examples here. You know, some people say challenges keep coming in terms of relationships for them, right? So let's say they're, they're older college or in their 30s or late 30s or maybe even 40s, right? Some people say, and they complain like this all the time well, I just can't seem to keep a good relationship. I just can't, I just keep attracting the wrong ones. The wrong ones just keep coming. I just can't seem to keep a relationship. So not to say that the other party never played a part because they do, but let's say you've been in five plus relationships and it hasn't worked out up to this point with five plus what's the common denominator in all of those five relationships You are, (laughs) I am, we've been in them. So it's easy to blame all five other, other people, all five other guys, all five other girls. It's easy to, to blame them. Right. But who else was involved in all those other relationships? (laughs) You, (laughs) me, maybe it didn't work because number one, maybe you're too selfish. Maybe you're, you're too selfish in the relationship. Maybe you didn't have a servant's heart to help serve the other person. Maybe, quite frankly, you just aren't mature. Maybe I'm not mature. So what's your solution to the problem? So instead of saying like David and Psalm 51, all right, I could have done better in X, Y, and Z. Here's your solution. You think someone else is going to help you solve the problems only you can solve. So that's why you keep getting in all these relationships. And then when they don't work, then you say, well, all these challenges just keep coming in my life and it's not working. Well, maybe you're the challenge. <laughs> maybe it's your fault. Maybe it's my fault, right? Or number two, what's another example? Well, we'll say things like this. I just want to grow with God, Jordan. You know, I, I understand that where I'm at right now, it's just, it's not the best circumstance for me right now. I mean, I'm not... I feel like I'm not growing. I feel like I need to mature. I feel like I just want to be better. Jordan, I just, I just want to grow with him. You know, I just want to grow with God and I want to spend time with him and I want to spend more time growing, right? People will come up to me. People will come up to other, other good men and they'll say this verbatim, verbatim. I just want to do that. I just want to grow. You know, I just, I want this man. You know, I just want to do this, but they say that, but we'll we'll do this. So you say you want to grow with God and all that other stuff, but you never spend time with anybody who knows him. <laughs> so if me and if me and Joe were best friends, right? And you want to get to know Joe, then why don't you talk to me and Joe since I know Joe too? So it's it's the same thing here. So if you want to know God better, then why don't you spend some one-on-one time with someone who knows God? Why don't you spend some one-on-one time how they learned to, to, to know God? How did you learn how to study? You know, how, how did your relationship with God grow? Spend some time talking to some older young ladies. Spend some time talking to some some wise young men, wise older men too. You say you want to grow with God, but you think you can do it by yourself you never spend time with someone who actually knows him the way that you want to know him. Then number two, what you'll do, you say you want to grow with God, but then you keep doing the same thing every day. Yeah, man. That's how it starts. Yeah, man. I want to, I want to grow with God. You know what I'm saying? I want to get better. I want to do what the Lord wants me to do. Hey man. So, uh, you know, why don't we just set up a study? You know, why don't you and I just set up, set up a time, you know, we can come, you can come to the office I can come to your place, whatever. We can study together. We can have lunch. We can do all that. Yeah, man, uh, that sounds good. But what do they say? Just like in Luke chapter nine. But yeah, man, that sounds good. But, uh, you know, me and the fellas, we already planned uh, a couple football stuff this weekend. So I I don't think I can make it. Well, why would you say you want to grow with God, which takes effort, but then give an excuse to say why you don't want to grow with God? Yeah, man, I want to grow with him. Um, But Yeah, just, you know, you you know how life is, Jordan. Your stuff just keeps popping up, man. Um, But I'll get there, though. They never will. They never will. You keep doing the same thing every single day, but you expect a different result because you verbally say out loud you want to grow with God. You're the problem. Number three, you say you want to grow with God, but then when we have supplemental studies, you're never there. You say you want to grow with God, but you never ask the right questions. You say you want to grow with God, but you think in your mind, you got to figure it out. And you think in your mind that you have to grow with God by yourself. I just need to do this on my own for a while. You're the problem. You're the issue. So this is your solution. When you say you want to grow with God, this is exactly what, and you might be doing this right now, and this might hurt to hear this. But if you say you want to grow with God and you use those excuses, here's going to be your solution. You're going to keep doing the same thing. You're not going to change. You're not going to change your schedule. You're not going to change what you do. You're going to keep doing the same thing. But you're going to keep expecting in your mind. You're going to keep expecting a different result. And so this is what you're going to do. You will come to worship. You'll be there Sunday. You'll be there Sunday night. And you'll be there Wednesday. You'll come to extra studies. You'll read and you'll study on your own, too. You'll do all those good things. But guess what you'll never do? You will never act on the knowledge that you get. So think about this. If you're watching the uh, video portion here, I've got two water bottles. And one water bottle is full. One water bottle has a little bit of water in it. So the one with a little bit of water represents you with a little bit of knowledge. The water bottle with water represents the supplemental studies. It represents worship and it represents studying and reading with someone who knows the scripture. And so this is what you're going to do every day. I'm just pouring it in guys. You'll pour that water in and you'll get full and you'll get full and you'll get full. But what you'll never do is you'll never act on the knowledge that you keep getting. So even if you keep coming to worship, Even if you keep coming to these supplemental studies, and even if you read and you study on your own, if you never act on the knowledge that you keep getting, you will always 1000%. You will always be stuck. I guarantee it. you will always be stuck. And then what you're going to do, you're going to get mad at God because, well, the preacher said, if I keep learning and studying and growing, that things are going to change. Yeah, they'll change when you actually do something with what you learned. You can't just fill your mind with knowledge and not act on it. You will always be stuck. So when you think about challenges that keep coming, maybe they keep coming because you're the issue. Even if, even if you keep coming to worship and you keep studying and you keep growing on your own, but you never act on the knowledge that you're getting, you will always be stuck. Look at this real quick. I want to I uh, reference you guys to these verses in Proverbs. Look at Proverbs chapter 12, and this is the wisdom literature here. And this talks about wisdom. We're going to look at a couple passages here, and I want you to mark these down. And I want you to read these again for yourself. Proverbs 12, verse number 15 first, okay? So here's a couple verses I want you guys to, to remember. Proverbs twelve fifteen, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. So think about this. We're talking about that that concept of you say you want to grow with God, but all you'll do, you'll keep coming to worship, you'll keep studying, you'll keep doing all this, but you never uh, act out on what you're learning. What does God call you? You're a wise fool. And in in terms of insanity, you keep on doing the same thing, but expecting a a different result. So he says here, the way of the fool is right. You think you're on the right. Yeah, man, I'm doing it. I am doing it, Jordan. I'm coming to worship. I am here. I'm coming to extra studies. I'm reading and studying on my own, Jordan. I'm doing it. Yeah, but uh, have you acted on it? You see, the fool thinks he's doing right, but watch this. But he that hearkens unto counsel is wise. When you actually listen, and listening implies doing. So when you listen to it and actually do it, then you're wise. Now, look at this. Look at Proverbs 15, verse number 22. Proverbs 15, verse 22. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. Let me stop right there. Those of you that say you keep wanting to grow with God and you want to keep getting better and you want to keep doing all this on your own. Are you are you um, are you happy right now? Only you know that answer, but I know the answer. But are you happy right now? I'm pretty sure you're, you're disappointed in some ways. You're saying the right stuff. And in some cases, you might be doing the right stuff. But you're disappointed, and you know that. And so notice it said, without counsel, purposes are disappointed. You're going to continue to disappoint yourself. That's why th- these challenges feel like a tsunami, because you're the one disappointing your own self it's it's insane when you think about it isn't it but watch this but in the multitude of counselors they are established you want to know where you want to go in life you can't stick in this corner by yourself and think you can grow with god in your own little corner on your time you'll never do it you'll always be stuck you need help and shame on you if someone has offered help If someones have offered help to study with you, to grow with you, to develop with you, to help you grow, and you don't want to do it, the fool seems right in his own eyes. I can't stop you. You're going to keep doing what you want to do, and you're going to continue to be stuck. I want to help you get unstuck, but if you don't want to reach for my hand, I can't make you reach for it. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed, but... And the multitude of counselors they're established. Who are you getting your counsel from? Mm, that's good. Now look at this. Look at Proverbs nineteen. Look at Proverbs chapter nineteen, uh, verse number twenty. Proverbs nineteen twenty. Hear counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in the latter end. You notice all these verses told us to hear. And here is always with the implication of doing. Maybe these challenges keep coming because maybe you're the issue. Maybe I've been the issue. So we've looked at maybe challenges keep coming because I'm not one to grow. Maybe challenges keep coming because maybe I'm the problem. Then number three, maybe challenges keep coming. This is a big one too. Maybe challenges keep coming. Because we think the world can give me the happiness or the world can give me the result that only the Bible can give. The world can give me the result only the Bible can give. See, sometimes, especially when we talk about challenges, guys, in our lives, we think the world can give us the happiness and the ease that we're looking for. Right. So have you ever said this? I've said these before. Have you ever said this? If only... I could get out of this job, then I would be happy. If only I was married, then I would be happy. If only I had my own life, my own space, my own this, then I would be happy. You know what you're going to do? You will keep wishing your life away. You will always be the person to wish your life away. And you're always going to wait on circumstances to do what the Lord wants you to do. See, Matthew 6 says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things shall be added unto you. Here's the problem with that though. I believe sometimes we think that seeking first, first guys, Sometimes I think seeking first. Sometimes I think we think that seeking first the kingdom is not enough. Man, I just keep hearing Matthew 633. I keep hearing seek first the kingdom, but man, I feel like I gotta do more. Yeah, I know I'm supposed to do what the Lord wants me to do, but I, I feel like I should be doing more. And so then what you'll do is you'll only seek first the kingdom on your time. Yeah, I'll do it, but I'll do it when I got time. What we can't do, guys, we cannot. We cannot fit Christianity into our time. It's not going to work. It's not going to work, guys. We can't do that. Seeking first the kingdom, guys, it's enough. But here's the thing, when we talk about think think about what you're doing right now. Let's just let's just be real. Think about what you're doing in life right now, just in life. Think about your job. Think about your living situation. Think about your finances. Think about um, where you want to go, right? Sometimes we think we have to do all of these other extra stuff. Well, I got to work overtime. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to. You know what that gives us? Even though we may be killing ourselves, it does give us a sense of control. Because at least I know I'm giving effort, right? So if I'm working overtime, if I'm doing this, then I'm in control. If I'm, if I'm doing all this to get a better car or to get a better living situation or to do all this, I'm in control. So the situation might not be the way that I want it, but at least, at least I have control over it. And we'll stay there. But this is, this is why we don't think seeking first the kingdom is enough. And this is hard for me, too. When you talk about seeking first the kingdom, what you're doing, guys, you're giving up control. And this is what we hold on to. We don't want to give up control of our life because we're afraid and we're scared. That's why it takes faith to be a Christian. Because when you make choices, when you seek first the kingdom just like in Luke chapter nine, guess who might not understand it? Family might not understand it. Friends might not understand it. Loved ones might not understand You can feel that anything you want to. They might not understand what you're doing. And so we would rather be comfortable as we're suffering rather than seeking first the kingdom and trusting and having faith in God. You see, this problem of the challenges that keep coming in our life, it boils down to you don't want to give up control and you would rather be living this, uh, this crazy, you know, foolish life that you think you're doing well because you got control rather than having faith and trusting in the Lord. This is why it takes faith guys. And let's, let's explain this. Sometimes, have you ever, you know, at night, maybe, uh, you know, when it rains, and then, you know, at night when you're driving home or driving somewhere, sometimes the road is foggy, and you literally cannot see anything but the little tiny piece of road that's right in front of you. So you, I mean, you, you can't see what's on the left, because there's no lights, you can't see what's on the right, there's no lights, you can't see behind you, because there's no lights, and in front of you. You only can see the little bit of road that's in front of you. You can't see far ahead, can you? It's foggy. Here's the thing. When you make a decision on faith, and this is any decision, when it's a life decision, when it's a a, a work decision, when it's a relationship decision, when it's a career decision, when it's a whatever decision it is. When you make a decision on faith, sometimes even after you've made that choice on faith, your road will still be foggy. Sometimes we think when we make a decision on faith that everything just needs to be cleared up. That's not how God works. When you make a decision on faith, here's what you need to understand. That number one, even after you've made a decision on faith and you've seeked first the kingdom, Matthew 6, more problems might come, but guess what you still need to have? Faith. When you make a decision on faith, sometimes you'll get more questions than answers. Sometimes when you make a decision on faith, and this is unfortunate, but it's, it's so true. Sometimes when you make a decision on faith, your situation might get worse. But here's the here's the here's the thing. Do you want to keep control of your life and continue to be disappointed as you are? Or even if things are still difficult, would you rather have the Lord help you? The question boils down to, do you trust God enough? And here's the thing, if you don't, you're going to listen to this podcast You'll say it was good. You'll say it was good points. And what you'll do, you'll live out that definition of insanity. You will keep doing literally the exact same thing you're doing. Your heart is hard. You got a hard heart. And I say that because I know what it's like to have that. Your heart is hard. And you think you got to figure it out. You think you think you got to do it on your own. You think can't nobody tell you nothing. You're going to you're going you're gonna to drive yourself insane. Do you trust God or. You'll listen to the word of God and your duty says quickly. Here's the last example. Look at um, look at Acts 27, guys. And this is what we need here. Acts chapter 27. And I want to notice verses 22 through 25. Now, here's a little background from the text. Paul is being sent to Rome, and Paul is on a ship, and as he's going on the ship, there's a storm. A storm comes in from the east wind, and it's called Eurocladon. and the storm is a, it's a giant storm, and what the, the crew is doing, they're throwing stuff off the ship to, to make the ship lighter, but the boat is rocking, and, and, the, and the, uh, the cargo and the crew, they're, they're afraid, they're, they're scared because they think they're going to die as they're going through this storm. But notice what Paul says to these men in a dire situation. Verse 22 of chapter 27. He says, now I exhort you, be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, fear not, Paul, for thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God has given thee all them that sail with thee. Watch verse 20, 25, wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer for I believe God that it shall be, even as it was told unto me, here's the thing, even if you've made a decision on faith and you thought things would be different and your road is still foggy. And maybe you have more problems. Maybe you got more questions than answers. Maybe your situation has gotten worse than it was before. Guess what you need? You need faith. And guess what faith says in every single situation? What did Paul say? Therefore, I believe God. That's hard, man. I'll tell you firsthand. It's difficult. Because when you make a decision on faith, people will be like, what is Jordan doing? Well, he, he wh- Why is he making that choice? Why is he doing that? Why is he? I mean, sometimes things like that happen. Sometimes more problems come. Sometimes you'll, you'll doubt yourself like, man, did I do? I mean, was I great? Did I Did I make the right choice? I mean, did I do the right? Like Job said, you know, I'm not wrong. I mean, did I do the right thing? Sometimes your situation might get worse. Man, I made the decision on faith. Now this is worse. But guess what you need to do? Man, I believe God. But here's a great thing. And here's the encouragement as we close. When we talk about challenges that keep coming, and when we talk about you might be the problem, the great thing about Christianity and faith is that you're not in this by yourself. And until you realize that, you will always be stuck. Because what you're going to do is you're going to sit back and you're going to look at your living situation. You're going to look at your, you know, you're going to look at your life. You're going to look at your family. You're going to look at your job. You're going to look at what's not going for you. And what you'll forget is you'll forget that you have somebody that cares for you and wants to help you. You have brothers and sisters. And until you accept that help to help you grow, you will always be stuck. I don't know. I don't know another way to say that. I I don't. You'll always be stuck. Do you trust God? If you do number one, what you're going to do today. And I'm talking to me too. What we're going to do today is we're going to realize we're the problem. Number two, what we're going to do is we're going to repent for being the problem. Then what we're going to do, number three, especially where you are in your local area, especially if you know somebody that knows the scripture and has extended their help to teach you, to grow with you, you better take that. Because the thing about, and here, I want you to listen to this so close. Wherever you are, good men will not always be there. You cannot take them for granted. Good men are not a security blanket. You can't just use them when you want it. Sometimes things might happen and they might have to go. The Lord might have somewhere else for them to go. You take advantage of what's there. And when I talk about good men, I'm talking about good elders. I'm talking about good deacons. I'm talking about wise men and women. Don't take advantage of what's here. Use it. Use it. Don't, don't. Don't think it's always going to be here because sometimes it's not. Don't, don't take it for granted. Don't take it for granted. Do you trust God? Man, that's a, that's a great lesson isn't it. It's hard. I mean, I had to, I had to wrestle with this one. It's hard. And Samantha, I hope that I hope that was able to help. And I hope that view of the question was able to help too. Um, I know it helped me as I studied and I know I have a lot of work to do. um, But I hope that you've, you know, that you'll look at yourself too. And, uh, you'll self-examine yourself and see if you need to get better too. So, uh, Lord willing next week, we will be back on, uh, next Monday. Um, yes, we'll be back next Monday with another podcast. So be looking out for that. Make sure you like, and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, you can find the podcast anywhere you can get your podcast. And also you can find the podcast on Facebook and on Instagram. You can DM me there, friend me there. Uh, we can talk Bible there, talk, whatever, you know, it's just, it's just fun to build this little community that we have here. So I'm grateful for you guys. Uh, thankful we continue to learn and grow and study. And hopefully uh, we will be back next week. Thank you, guys.